Thank you, Daniel, for that Bible reading. It goes along really well with my theme this morning, that basically that good overcomes evil, right? There's a quote that Eleanor Roosevelt used to use, John F. Kennedy used it, and I don't think either one of them were a, did not originate it, but it said it is better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. Think about that. It is better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. It does a lot more good. I'd like to talk about light this morning. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were at the camp, and Brother Earl read there in Matthew chapter 5, and he came across these verses that ye are the light of the world. And I just, I'd heard that many times, and it just kind of struck me in a new way that it is our responsibility to be the light of the world. It is God's people's responsibility to turn on the light instead of cursing the darkness. I'd like to turn there to Matthew chapter 5 and just read those few verses so I don't misquote them. Matthew 5, verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The purpose that we light a candle instead of cursing the darkness is to glorify him. Just think about, and as I think about light, and I'm not going to go into all the scientific things about light and all the energy that's there and all of that, But it was the first thing that God did in Genesis chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 3, it says that God said, let there be light. Before we can do anything else in this dark world, there's got to be some light. God knew that. God, the first thing he did when when he... started this program was, okay, we got to create some light. He said, let there be light. And the very next phrase says, and there was light. (laughs) He just said it, and it was. And I'm not sure, is that a kind of a, um, maybe a mistranslation? I don't know, but then later he created the sun, and the sun was light. And But God created light. In other words, the, the very existence, I think, is the very existence of light to be able to be light 
was put in motion, and then God made the sun to carry that light. I, I'm not sure how all that goes. I didn't study into that. But, but my point is that how important that light was. If there was no light, the trees wouldn't have grown. The grass would not have grown. The animals would not have reproduced. There's just so many things that hinge back to light. Brother Darrell, your corn would not grow were there not light. Your hogs wouldn't live in a dark environment. Your, your animals don't reproduce if there's all darkness. There's no light. Just think about the, the absolute importance of light. In the natural world, we could not exist. We would not be here had not God said, let there be light. And then here comes Jesus and he says, you, you, ye are the light of the world. <clears throat> Just let that sink into your mind. How important it is. Just as important in the spiritual world to have light is just as important as it was in the natural world for there to be light so that the world could exist. It is so important that there is spiritual light upon the earth. And in Peter it says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You know those verses. And you are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are to be the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And Paul writes in Philippians, he said that he may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Is the world more wicked and perverse now than it was then? Probably, probably not. Maybe, maybe not. It's wicked now, it's perverse now, it was wicked then, it was perverse then. And the importance, the absolute importance that God's people were lights is the same then as it is now. And how many times do we revert to just being upset at the darkness? We could just tell those people what to do. We, we just, we, we're just, our stomach is in a knot. We just want to tell them what they're doing wrong and, and how they should. And the Bible says you, you are the light of the world. Another thing that brought that so vividly to my attention was here a few weeks ago, we had a situation on the job. We have a lot of subcontractors that work like there's drywall hangers and there's plumbers and there's electricians. And then we kind of come along and we finish up the job. And, and so we have to deal with all the shoddy workmanship sometimes that goes out in front of us. And, and there was an issue and we had brought it to their attention a couple times. And, 
And they just kept doing the same thing over and over. And one day I just got so upset. I just got just got way too upset over this guy. I'm mean, like, can't he understand how hard he's making my job just by being careless? And I got pretty vocal about it, and and the Lord just smote my heart, and I just and I and eventually I had to go back to this man. I went directly to the to the owner of that company, and I said, look, I was wrong. That just was not a good light for the company. It wasn't a good light for the world. I, I'm sorry, just forgive me. He said, oh, I thought you were going to kill me. Time the rumor got around to him, he thought I was out for his blood. But anyway, be that as it may, that's what happens when you just curse the darkness. You understand that? I would have done way more good if I would have been the light that God would have wanted me. To, even if I had to go directly to him and in a nice way said, look, look, you're just really messing up here. This is not going to work. There's ways to confront those things in a nice way. I, I, I agree with that. And I did not do, I mean, in other words, I was cursing the darkness instead of using light to fix the problem. The problem did get fixed. I noticed on the next job they, they totally eliminated the problem. And I was, I need to compliment them on that. But anyway, but my point is, is you do more good lighting the candle than you do cursing the darkness. Cursing the darkness only, you may get what you want, but you didn't win the battle. You, you didn't win the argument. You just got your way. <clears throat> the other thing is, is we are not an island by ourselves. We have other people all around us, our families, our, our brothers, our sisters in the church, in our families, those we work with, those we live with. Those, and everything that we do we have to understand that we are not we are not just by ourselves it is important how we relate to each other <clears throat> there's probably not a clearer picture of that of letting our light shine and how that that affects us this way with each other and with those around us then where paul says that uh, the eye cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the, I'm just pulling that off of the air, I'm not really quoting that right, but you get the idea. We need each other and how we relate to each other and how we let our light shine this way makes such a difference of how the light shines to the world around us, is the point I'm trying to make. So many times we, we don't think about how that this will look, how this city light will be dimmed, this city that is set on a hill, how that light goes out when we relate in a wrong way with our brothers and sisters and with each other. And the energy, the energy that is produced 
the energy and the light that is produced when we operate in the right way with love and in an honor preferring one another above ourselves this way, it creates the same amount of energy and casts forth as much light as it does when the sun comes up. And we have that opportunity to be multiple lights for the world to see. And sometimes I'm, I'm saddened at how the world around us shakes their head and says, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, well, that's for them. It don't look like it would work any better for me. You ever hear that? I think what we do and how we operate and how we relate to each other tells the world more about what we believe and what we really are than if we were to go stand on the street corner with a sign and tell them that they are going to hell if they don't repent. And there may be a place to stand on the street corner and shout to the masses and hold up your sign and warn them of the wrath to come. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm saying that you can, you can cast forth a much greater light if you light a lot of little candles than you can if you just stand out there and curse the darkness. <clears throat> Yesterday I was working in my office and I was, I'd gotten a pack of letters from the, uh, the office at, at Bedford and they're from Lighthouse Publishing and, and they send me all these, these packs of letters and poems and testimonies and things from prisoners and then I'm supposed to go through them and sort out the good from the bad and, and figure out what we want to use in a future publication. And anyway, I had gotten a pack of those letters the other day, and usually they lay on my desk for a month before I ever have time to deal with them. And for some reason yesterday, I just felt a need to, like, just go through these. There's not very many in this envelope, and just get them done, and then they're done. And so I was there knowing I had to, I was preparing for this message, and I was had other things I wanted to do, but I was kind of driven to get this done. And I got to the bottom of the stack, and one of the last letters in there was this guy out of South Carolina, and he wrote this poem that he wanted us to maybe use in our magazine sometime. He's not the best of poet. His, his rhyme and rhythm isn't perfect. And maybe a little bit of his doctrine may be a little off, but he really hits the point. And I'd like to read this in closing. Jesus is the heartbeat. He made the body start. See, Jesus is the body, and we're the body parts. Maybe you're the eye meant to look on folks with love. There's no weaker body part. Each one is just enough. You may just be the ears put on the earth to listen, to give an ear to all around, not just to other Christians. Or maybe you're the feet meant to go where others can't. You're surely touching lives, so maybe you're a hand. Or are you reaching out? Are you the loving arms of grace? 
Whatever part you are, you are the expression of God's face. No, he asked that as a question. Are you the expression of God's face? You might just be the lips or the tongue that's speaking out. Even those small parts are just jo- are joined to make the mouth. We are many members, but one body. So let's care for one another. We together make a family, Christ's sisters and his brothers. Each member is important. There's none that matter less. But it matters how we function, always giving God our best. So ears listen up and eyes open to see every member of his body, every member of his body, whatever you may be. Each day we have a choice to function as we're called. We're the body of our Christ. We must give him our all. Ricky Cotta from McCormick, South Carolina. Let's remember that as we face the coming days. And we're tempted to think we're more important than someone else. We're tempted to cut them down and curse the darkness around us. Let's remember it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. May God bless you.